Uh, Gretchen, switch sides with Katie. But I'm always on your left. Well, that was when there were three of us, and now the tallest go in the middle. But the whole dance will be backwards. I'm always on your left. And right now you're getting on my last nerve. Switch. And finally, please welcome to the stage, Santa's helpers doing Jingle Bell Rock. was the podcast before Christmas and all through your headphones. There was not a sound to be heard, not even a groans. The stockings were left on the floor with such care, next to the tree where soon Suicide Squad on Blu-ray would be there. Oh, no, 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 no. If I get Suicide Squad for Christmas, I might brick a Woolworths. Prison time is better than watching that pile of bilge again. Welcome to the 5 Film Podcast with Pitcher Central! Woo! Welcome to the 405 Film Podcast with Sean Mountain and Adam the Benati Roach. You always do that. You're like, hi, I'm Adam. Hi, I'm Adam Libanati Road. Yay! And just like that. Just like that. And yes, welcome to the 405 Film Podcast. As always, I'm joined by my glorious, glorious co-host, Sean Melton. You know, I don't know if our audience is going to understand a wrestling reference. Ah, let's go with it. No, I won't give in. If I gave in to your borderline obsession with wrestling, you would never talk about movies. I guess not. Well, anyway, hello, Sean Melton. Hello, Adam Lubinati Roach. So, movies. Shall we talk about movies? Yes, we shall. Have you recovered from our double feature of Zootropolis-topia and Seven? Zootropolis-topia. It's got to cover just every about, side yeah. of the Atlantic. Just in case. Well, I'm just... If you didn't hear or you're new to the podcast, in that case, hello, if Hi. you're new. We decided to do a double bill last weekend where we watched Zootropolis-topia, then Seven. It was not our best idea. No, it wasn't. But you know what? It could have been worse as... Seven finished around like what was it? It was still kind of early, like nine thirty or something. Yeah. And then we decided that we needed to watch The Apprentice. That makes sense. <laughs> you know, The Apprentice like helps you just loads of dickheads trying to get a job. Ugh. So if you want to hear more about that double bill and then before The Apprentice and why we did it, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from, and then just scroll back one episode and you'll hear it. Exactly, magic. So let's talk about film. Let's and uh, should we just play a little bit of music so people can maybe guess what the we film we're going to talk about? Yeah. What film was that? What what iconic film is that from? Probably one of the Star Wars. Oh, you're so clever. I so, did that without even hearing it. I know. So there is no way that we are not going to talk about Rogue One. Did you know it's the only Star Wars film to be about a war? Apparently, according to Vox... According to Vox, it's the Despite the, all the Star Wars being called Star Wars, and the scroll, I think, mentioning... I think war is mentioned in every goddamn scroll. I think only once, though. 
Should we try and find the tweet and put it in the right up? Yeah. Okay, I'll try and find the tweet and put Vox, it in the right. Vox, we love you, but that was that was probably they were that was just a hot take. It was a beautiful hot take. Second to Rogue One is the best war movie since Saving Private Ryan. That was the hottest of hot takes. Hey, I put that in our yeah. points. So you can't <laughs> actually destroy that. But yeah, Rogue One is the uh, the best war movie since Saving Private Ryan. Discuss, John Melton, your thoughts on Rogue One. But first, ease us in. Ease us in if you don't know what this film is and you've had your head buried in the sand since Force Awakens came out. Or even before then. Well... Since Disney got a hold of the Star Wars franchise, it's been doing what it does best, which is development and making new franchise opportunities and new stories. And they did it in the future or present with Force Awakens. It happens after the original episodes. And now they're doing it as a prequel. But because we already have three prequel films that many people pretend don't exist, they had to go even further into the future. What what prequels are those? Um, episodes one, two, and three. Hey, you said they don't exist. I well, don't know. Yeah, about, yeah I caught you so, out on that one, didn't I? So Rogue One takes place not just before episode... Actually, Rogue One takes place in between both. They're kind of sandwiched between both. Um, and it takes place literally just before, like hours before Star Wars A New Hope starts. Like literally, maybe even minutes before. It ends minutes before. Yeah, it ends minutes before. So it, it's right up against the butt of, um, or the front, I guess, of A uh, New Hope. We're introduced to an entire new slew of characters, and the overarching story is um, they need to uh, steal plans for a giant Basically a new- star-killing Machine. Weapon, just a, a weapon. new weapon has appeared. It's got no name be? to it. Ooh, we don't know. Well, I don't know, but that weapon was in the um, IGN of Kotaku's twenty-eight Easter eggs in Rogue yeah. One. So um, <laughs> was, look, look out, look out for that massive weapon. It's a, it, um, it causes death. Um, it may be about the size of a star. Bucks, but it could like <laughs> you. Yeah, it's an Easter egg. You have no, no idea what it is. You don't even know. But that's where Rogue One is placed. If we're going to try and do as a timeline goes, it'll go. This is so obvious. Episode 1, episode 2, episode 3, and then Rogue One is sandwiched in there. And some other things too, like the car... We'll we'll not go into the cartoons and everything else. We'll just stick with feature films. Yeah, we're not going to go that deep, or even into the comics as well. No, that's... Um, all worthy, but that's too much for this podcast. Or into the potential new game, which I think is set when Rogue One. Pod is racing? At. No, not pod racing. Ah, oh, Jake Lloyd. <laughs> By the way, as a Christmas crossover to Star Wars, Jake Lloyd is in Jingle All the Way. A fun fact for you all. That was little, a bit of a surprise. A frosty fact early on in the podcast. A bit of frosty fact. So, so this film, Rogue One, it, hit me uh, with it. It actually has an amazing cast. Um, it stars Felicity Jones. Diego Luna, um, Alan Tweak. <laughs> Alan Tudyk. As my favorite character in the entire world, sarcastic over at Robot. Um, Donnie Yen, who I'd like to talk about more. Okay, go ahead. Talk more about Donnie Yen. Well, Donnie Yen is known as being an absolute badass mm-hmm. of, like, you know, martial arts. Yes. If you've seen IP Man and IP Man 2 and IP not, Man 3. I'm a horrible human being. You're not. I haven't seen them. They're very, they're very strange films. It is just like everything leads up to him having a final fight with someone. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering the other day, like, what what Western work has he done? And I got shocked to see that he's actually going to be in the new Triple X film. Yeah. Which is weirdly enough called Triple X Three: The Return of Xander Cage, and it just so be called Triple X. So you got three X's and then a three. 
That's almost as bad as Fate of the Furious not putting an eight in the word fate. Almost as bad. I'm trying to think if like if it's Do you think a Johnny... small three, is it a raised three? So it's That's like triple X cubed. <laughs> cubed. Do you think Donnie Yen will um, ski in a rainforest? That's uh, the real question. I think Donnie Yen will do a lot of things in this, but I kind of want more Donnie Yen in films because yes, I agree there. And more, you know what? More Diego Luna and more um, K two S O the the robot. Just the best more. thing about Donnie Yen in um, in Triple X three is mm-hmm. that he's fighting Vin Diesel. Oh, so he's against him, which oh. I'm going to find really interesting because Vin Diesel is just a big lad, whilst Donnie Yen is skilled is in martial he, arts. I don't is Vin Diesel that big? He looks also, kind of I need to, to correct me. myself. Donnie Yen was in Blade 2 playing the snowman. I don't know. I've never seen Blade 2. Have you not? No. But yeah, he's um he's he's been he's popped over to like to do Western cinema every now and then, but he is famous for IP man. Um which you should all go and see. And okay, so you were talking about K2SO by Alan Tudyk. Why was that? <sighs> That he it, well, your favorite character. What did it bring to the film above anything else? Well, for me, I I'm gonna say I was a little bored by the film. <gasps> Excuse I me, what? No, 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 no. And so for me, um, K two the robot was a saving grace. He was there as comic relief because he said whatever popped into his head, and often it was "We're going to die" or "You all might die," but. I can survive in space, so I'll be fine. Like just super sarcastic stuff like that, and and I it was it would have been the best part anyway for me because as we all know, my second favorite film genre is quirky robots just trying to make it in the world, as he was. But because I was I was kind of bored by the film, I was just waiting for him to show up more to amuse me. Excuse me. Yes. You can't have been bored by the film. It's a Star Wars film. We all I, know that I ever was a since. Hey now, hey now. We all know they learned their lessons from the early episodes. They're not going back there. No, I'm, I'm not saying it was a bad film. It was very well made. The last 30 minutes were incredible, I will say that. But I was actually a little bored. I'm going to get on to... Um, so we're not going to do any spoiler cast. No, we won't do that. But the last 30 minutes is what you've seen in the trailer. It's what you've seen in the posters. It's what you've been hoping kind of. for. The the battle. Yeah. The battle on the um, the sort of Hawaii-esque beach. It's like, <laughs> oh, this is rather nice. Some nice little vacay. Little vacay. Gonna put your feet up. Steal those blueprints and then uh, do a little tanning. Put your feet up. It's just it's visually spectacular. Yeah, it Um, is. It's breathtaking. In my mind, in my mind, you like Star Wars has been known for a lot of space battles, and since Hoth, I don't think there's actually been a planetary battle that compares to this. Uh, The Battle of Endor with teddy bear Ewoks. Yeah, but this visually stunning. Yeah, no, like Hoth was amazing for when it was done in its time. That's the wintry one, right? Yes. Okay. Ooh. But there still were no teddy bear Ewoks. And no teddy bear Ewoks, but this battle. This one was amazing. And the best yeah. thing about it now is you'll be able to play it in um, Star Wars Battlefront. They've put oh. that whole battle now. Like, oh shit, that's conveniently cool. released Ooh, very into convenient. this EA Star Wars game that came out last year. Yes, it was last year. It's like because they did it for Force Awakens as well. Got it. I can't remember what the battle is in this. It's the Battle of um of Hawaii Land. What? Pad for a second. Well, I would say I still think it's worth seeing this film. It's very well made. Um, for what we do get to see of these characters, I think they do kind of give it their all. Scarif. Um, Scarif. And there is maybe the best pun of all time. The best dad joke ever in this movie. And it deserves to be seen on a massive screen. 
so you can laugh. Were we the only ones laughing at that? I think we were. I think everybody <laughs> else was um, far too deadly serious. And if you... Here's a side note. If you're searching for Rogue One on Twitter, why not search for Rouge One as Ooh, well? Oh, yeah. Because uh, Rouge is a different word. Um, it is, to me... No way! To me, it's, a, no. I think, a blush, like Rouge, like what you put on your cheeks. But it's also the word, I guess, red in French. French? Rogue? No. It's, is it? it's um, Rouge. Rouge. Yeah. yeah. But... Uh, not a lot of people know the difference between rouge and rogue, and it's it's a fun uh, fun hashtag. Almost as good as a pantyhose, as in pantyhose that you put in your body is H O S E. It's hosiery, but a lot of people spell it panty. Hose. Yeah, those kind of hose, and they don't realize it, and it's also amazing. So, uh, do hashtag rouge one and hashtag pantyhose like H O E S. You will not have a bad time. I'm gonna call this out here quickly before we jump to our next film. I think the biggest problem with Rogue One, because when we come out, Mishan, like we usually measure films by like wobbly hands, like is it a thumbs up, is it or mm-hmm. is it a thumbs down? For Rogue One, Rouge One, I was kind of like wobbly hand in the middle and then going up a bit towards a thumbs up. And the reason for that is because we always we all know what's gonna happen. Yes. And you pulled you called this out earlier. I want you to go into I say what you said to me earlier about like writers at RM film school. Well, this isn't something that um, is my idea. This was um, a a new um, intern writer for Film School Rejects, where I'm also interning right now, and um, she wrote a piece about why Star Wars is the best. Um, franchise for Disney and their partnership because of the way they develop characters, but also why a film like Rogue One will never be as great as films like Force Awakens because they're telling stories that have already been told and there's only so far you can go with characters like that because essentially we've never seen them before, so it's kind of implied that we're not actually going to see much of them. Like they don't have a long life. Their story arc didn't continue yeah. into into what we know, into the familiar. Episode four, into, or yeah. um, they weren't even mentioned. Like that's a crazy thing. If you look into episode four, their names aren't mentioned. It's just the plans were received. Yeah. So it's it's a really good piece. I'll link it in the um, in the blog. It's uh, written by uh, Kiara. I haven't heard anyone's names out loud before. Oh, the joys of remote working. Um, but really beautifully written. I highly recommend it, um, and it'll give you a little bit of insight into the film. Cool. I'm looking forward to reading that piece. Um, and yeah, if you're gonna, if you haven't seen Rogue One yet, just, just enjoy it. Do it. Do it for Alan. Do it for Alan Tudyk, <laughs> and just. Do it for K2 the robot. Do it. And mainly do it for the end piece. It really gets you pumped. It does. It does. For any potential other stories that are coming from the Star Wars universe, right? We're going to do a complete flip. Complete flip to... A completely different film. some of the beautiful music from our next movie we're talking about called Your Name but that's not the song you wanted everyone to hear is it Sean? No I want everyone to listen to the intro song from the movie the opening credits song Do you want to cue it up? Yes
we popped into this last week after one of our Central Docks clubs, kind of on a whim, but also it was playing on screen one at Picture House, which is the most beautiful, massive screen of all. And it was so worth seeing on a big screen. Just, it's an anime film, absolutely beautiful animation. I'm directed by Makoto Shinkai. Yep. And um, it's it's a fantasy, uh, kind of a little bit of a romance. Um, it's a fantasy teen. Teen, a fantasy teen comedy young romance. Young adult. It's a yeah, young, adult young adult film. And it was. Hey, I can see young adult yeah. films. No, I can read young adult books. I, I still Twilight read young adult is books. great. I read young adult books all the time. Um, it's. I didn't actually read anything about the plot at all. So, but it is. Um, Nor did I, as it happens. No. I got asked to yeah. see it quite a lot from press. Hiya. Just. Bola! Oh, you got some dust on your shoulder there. Let me just wipe uh, that you just off, get it off for you. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's dandruff. Oh, yeah, there we go. But so I don't even know, I kind of liked going into it blind, but I mean, if you Google this film, you will, like, the first word of every review is body swapping, so that's what it is. It doesn't really, that's not a, that's not a giveaway, and it would be hard, I think, to get away from knowing that, but I, we won't say much else other than um, it's uh, it takes place... Um, in Tokyo and also in a very small mountain town outside of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And um, it is about a young girl named... Kuditori, if I remember correctly, is where it takes place. Oh, look at us. Look at us remembering things. Um, and the main character is a young girl named Mitsua and a boy named Taki. And uh, Mitsua doesn't like living in a small mountain town. Taki maybe is... He likes living in. He likes living in Tokyo, but he does seem like slightly mm, miffed by it. And uh, and they uh, they. Itomori is where she's from. They they end up uh, just kind of by you know maybe magic maybe something else, um, having this connection where they they swap places and uh, get to experience life in another person's body and it's, ugh. And they just start and like instead of just knowing that they've swapped so if you think i'm gonna make it very westernized here if you remember freaky friday oh yeah they kind of they're aware that they've swapped bodies but in this in your name to start with they're not aware at all they think it's a dream Mm -hmm. so one of the best things about it is the film doesn't spoon feed you details like oh my god they body swapped it's basically it expects you to learn as it goes along so the film starts like you're one of the characters yeah like you're one of the characters like oh mid Michua, you were acting really weird yesterday. You seem calmer today, for example, but you're not. You also did braided, you're not your, you braided your hair today, and yesterday you couldn't at all for some reason. Yeah, you couldn't do anything that you tried to do yesterday. And then it goes over to. Um, oh, Tataki. Tataki, and Taki is just. And the same happens there. And then eventually, after only like 25 minutes, when that amazing song plays that we just played... No, it plays at the very beginning. No, it doesn't. No, it does not. That one totally plays um, at the very, very beginning. It's the opening credits song. All right, uh, we'll watch it again and we'll, we'll, we'll pass on there's that. There's many good songs in that movie, but that was the opening credits okay. song. All right, then, fine. But it's only then <laughs> that they actually start realising, instead of just going about they start like, writing each other notes. Yes. And like details of what they're doing to each other's lives so they can keep track of everything yeah so like tacky's unknowingly being put on dates mm-hmm. which i think is perfect yeah and there's a lot of humor in the film um some some a little uh more uh, broad and obvious where if you woke up all of a sudden a young girl what would be the first thing you do what if i was a man waking yeah. up in this girl's body yeah 
I, I, uh, I don't know. You would grab boobs. You would oh, totally no. grab your boobs. No, I yes, would you not. Would. No, yes, of course I would. You would. Yes. yes, I would. Yes. Multiple times. And it's a, it's a great running gag throughout the entire film. And then, um, but then the, it's more than that. The film was a lot more than that. It uh, is the juxtaposition of modern day and um, and ancient culture and ritual. It's um, uh, big city versus small small town in the country. Um, and then the most magical bit of it is um, when you look beyond past and present, modern and um, and I guess um, old time. There's a word that you learn in the film that is. Um, Katarwe Doki, which is twilight, and the idea of twilight is it's neither night or day, it's neither past or present. It's just it's it's an in between, and that's yeah. where magic's supposed to happen, which is really cool. And uh, yeah, it is. It's so beautiful. I loved it. I loved every second of it. It also has near the end of the film, or I guess at like the third act, one of the most beautiful sequences I've ever seen on screen. It's. It's kind of a mind fuck. It's a little bit psychedelic, but it's so mesmerizing. And again, great music. It's a mesmerizing bit of animation, yeah. which is enough for Shinkai to be getting his comparison to uh, Hayao Miyazaki. Yes, yeah, that's what people. I think it's well deserved. Yeah. Um, I, I think so too. There's the this... film is stunning. The story is incredible. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go too deep into it. Nah. And I was reading through um, Mark Modley. A review of it on the Guardian, and I've just I've just like basically copy and pasted some of his things he said, and he said throughout Shinkai juxtaposes male and female, town and country, science and superstition, but it's in the twilight twinking of Katawari Doki where night and day meet. That's the real heart of this story lies. That's he's really right. Beautiful. Yep. And it's part of like the smartphone as well. The smartphones mm-hmm. like are there, but they still are leaving notes as well. Mm-hmm. There's a whole juxtaposition of living in the city and living in yeah. the, 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 the countryside. Yeah, and even though there definitely is technology and the film is grounded in a sense of time, that way it still feels very timeless. And yeah. it doesn't. It's not a film that will really ever feel dated. I don't think. Like when you watch some films from the '90s, you're like, oh yeah, that is from the '90s. <laughs> Yeah, so we, we do have some bad news, though. We do. Um, if you have not managed to see this film and it's not currently playing in a cinema, your next chance is likely, it looks like, according to Amazon, which I don't know if you should trust, it may be coming out on DVD VOD on the 23rd of May of 2019. Not just kidding. 20... 2017. But see, that's not that far away now. It's not two years from now. It's only a few months. So there you go. I still just, feels like a really long does. time. That's when but, um, that, that's where my wrestling is. That may be I don't I don't know if I trust. Glorious. That. It did say hardcover in that description, and DVDs don't come in hardcover. So hey, may, they do. They may be something different. I've got a hardcover DVD. That may be something else, but keep an eye out for this film. I we both highly highly recommend it. Um, and yeah, there we go. Way better than Rogue One. Ooh. You agree? Just say it. I do agree. I didn't even have to say anything. Yep. Way better than Rogue One. Do you know what's also better than Rogue One? Not a lot of things. The the Volkswagen advert. (laughs) Namaste. (laughs) My number one choice for a Christmas film. We're finally at number one. We've done four so far. Should I queue up Mariah? Uh, Yes, you also need to queue up Mariah. That really gets you in the mood, doesn't it? For Christmas. Yeah. 
There is just one Ooh. thing I need. Slow down. Something, something, something. <sighs> Carry on. Anywho. What is your number one Christmas movie that is not Die Hard? <laughs> because Die Hard is the ultimate Christmas my movie. My number one Christmas film is... You probably know it if you follow me on Twitter, because it's been my, my header on Twitter since maybe mid-November. Has it? Yeah, I changed it a long time ago in preparation for Christmas. It's also my uh, header on Facebook, too. What? Um, it is... What Have you... It, it's Bernard and Neil. <laughs> oh, Neil. Um, it is the Santa Claus with an E on the end. Not Santa Claus the person, Santa Claus the agreement. It is a 1994, holy crap, that's 22 years, um, old film starring Tim Allen, some kid, Reinhold, and some kid that never went on to do anything else. Did he not? Um, well, he, I think he played, um, he played... A Bruce Wayne in a flashback of a uh, Batman and Robin. Or oh something? yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah. He didn't go on to anything at all apart from being. Bruce I've I've Wayne. always loved this film. I don't know why. It's always been one of my favorites. And then after I moved to Canada, I found out that it was filmed in the town I moved to, which is Oakville, Ontario, which made me feel more of a kinship with the movie. Um, and there's just some, I don't know. I just. I love I love Tim Allen. I I miss that kind of like '90s Tim Allen comedy. He's like home improvement. Yeah, level. just like the his rants are great. Um, the the story is really fun. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's maybe just, it's an atrocious stop, film. Stop but trying I love to it. hold on to all things that uh, made Tim Allen all right. It also has one of the my favorite lines in all of cinema, which is. Plain milk's fine. Plain milk's fine. <laughs> it did really well, though, as a um, Christmas movie. It had a budget of $22 million and it made 189 Shit, that is really good. Yeah. And there were two sequels. <laughs> I, I actually... I remember... Th- I know there were two, but I actually didn't realize that Martin Short played Jack Frost in the third one. I thought it was the second one, so I don't even know what the plot of the second one is. I thought it was Alan Cumming. Um, but sorry, I was just looking at pictures of um, how Judy the elf looks now. Um, so if you remember, that, that's a thing to be doing. If you remember um, the Santa Claus at all, Judy the elf appears. What's the Santa Claus two about? I think he gets married. Do they find him a wife? Is that what it is? Um, yeah, he must marry by Christmas Eve, just a month away, or he will stop being Santa Claus forever. Ah, the subclause, the, the sub extra subclause. That's another clause, and the third one is called um, the escape clause. Uh, which see is, all these contract puns Fra- yeah I just uh, lawyers around the world must have just been delighted at these Christmas films <sighs> and this note here Disney should have just stopped no no they shouldn't have Empire liked it Empire liked Santa Claus of too course. Christmas Fair everyone uh, that manages to be entertaining we, we for children and adults alike we should watch alike. 2 and 3 right now let's not go to sleep tonight let's just watch the Santa Claus 2 and 3 well if you go to um <laughs> I got really confused whilst researching this because there's an Ideas wiki and on this Ideas wiki is a Santa Claus 4. Um, and I'm going to read something out to you about a Santa Claus 4 because I know everybody wants to read it. Yep. It's um, it's actually called the Krampus Clause and it's um, Scott Calvin, the new Santa, will be confirmed to be succeeded by his son, the Council of Legendary Figures. Oh, what an advert. Consisting of Mother Nature, Father Time, Cupid and so on face a new threat Krampus who has taken over the North Pole Scott Calvin as Santa Claus cannot rest until Krampus has been defeated oh, and, so, and this idea goes into so much detail that they've cast people 
You should have known it was a joke because Robert Zemeckis would never direct this film. They've cast... No, they, he is in this. And they've cast people. So Tim Allen as Scott uh, yeah. Calvin. Uh-huh. Everybody else. Eric yep. Lloyd is back yep. as his nice. son. Excellent. Aisha Tyler as Mother Nature. Danny Glover as Father Time. What? Okay. He's okay. one of my favourite and I don't think he'd take it. Peter Dinklage as Patrick Shorty, an Irish leprechaun from St. Patrick's Land. Jesus fucking Russell Crowe as Uncle Sam, protector of Scott Calvin and that of the Independence Day of North Pole. What? Bill Murray as Hank Turkey, whose name is a pun on the words Thanksgiving. What is this Gerard movie? Gerard Butler as Mr. Groundhog. Bradley Cooper as Jack Wellington. And Winona Ryder as Mrs. Dreidel. These are all the most ridiculous... Wait, Dreidel. Dreidel. So is Winona Mate, Ryder even Jewish? Santa Claus 4 is a fourth film in a Santa Claus film series made by Disney and released in 2018, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Wait, but it's not 2018 yet. Yeah, it's, it's ideas. This is the ideas. Oh. I'll put the link to the full Santa Claus 4 if you want to discuss Wait, so, it. Wait, so this is just made up? This yeah, is it's not... fandom. Oh, okay. I did make that known. So yeah, your final... Christmas movie was a Santa Claus. Uh, Robert Zemeckis, if you're, uh, if you know, you have some spare time, maybe bust this out for a uh, 2018 for us. 2018 release, it's gonna make it. Oh my yeah. God, we're done. It's Christmas. Christmas is over. We're oh. going out now. A few days before Christmas. Yeah. So what we're we gonna do? Yeah. What's the new year? What does the new year hold for us and our? It's got our throws in and our partnership with Picture House Central. Thank you very much, guys, for a beautiful year. Yep. Six months. Yes, a few months. Four um, months. <laughs> we'll be continuing working with them with Central Docs Club, which is uh, where we get together, watch a documentary, and chat about it afterwards. Um, so look out for some great documentaries coming up uh, throughout uh, the rest of winter and spring. There's going to be some good ones. And um, as for us, we're going to keep on keeping on. Um, in the immediate future, we are going to be uh, watching the Golden Globes with our pals at Hoxton Radio. Is that actually a thing that's going to happen? Yes, it is. I'm making sure it's going to happen. I, I became Facebook friends with Nikki, and I'm going to message her so we can plan it all. This sounds like something off Mean Girls. I became Facebook friends with Nikki, well, and now I, it's going to happen. Yes, because I, I had to make sure we had a good space to plan. So are you... I'm very if, serious about this. Oh, chill. If you're thinking of holding a Golden Globes party, let us know on Twitter. Yes. And just so you know, it's January the 8th. And La La Land and Manchester by the Sea, as of today, are currently being tipped by the bookies to win big. I'm Manchester hope, by the sea La La annoys La you. And, uh, well, yeah, I'm I'm not going to see that movie for for reasons. Casey Affleck reasons. Yes. Yep. Casey Affleck and his past reasons. Yep. We will be back in the new year of a round of what was good in 2016, yes, and that also too. what films are bad, including a special look. That's right. We will be talking about Passengers, among <laughs> other films that failed to impress. Yep. So we'll, we'll also be discussing Will Smith's. Uh, <laughs> we'll dismiss that contribution to the dumpster fire that was 2016 with Collateral Beauty. Yes, um, as we sign off for 2016, thank you very much. Thank I, you, I, thank you. I, I guess. Um, yeah. Well, we're excited to be back soon with our favorite films of the year. Keep your favorite films of the year in mind and let us know what they were in the new year. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess that's it, really. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Sean. Merry Christmas, Adam. And bless us all, everyone. <laughs>